This is Let's Talk About Mental Health, a weekly podcast about mental health and well-being, hosted by Jeremy Godwin. Let's talk about mental health, because the more we talk about it, the easier it gets. Hello and welcome to episode six of Let's Talk About Mental Health, a podcast all about the good, the bad and the ugly of mental health and well-being. I'm Jeremy Godwin, and I'm very glad that you could join me again for this episode, which you can either listen to as a podcast or read on letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. This week, we're going to be talking about self-care, why you need to make time for self-care every day, and how to choose self-care actions that are the right fit for your mental health and well-being. So, get comfortable, take a deep healing breath, and let's get talking. Let me ask you. What things do you do every day to look after your physical, mental, and spiritual health? What do you do to relax? And what things do you do to relax that might not be in your best interest? We all have control over what we do every day to look after our health and well-being. And it's the choices that we make and how highly we value the need for good self-care that can determine what happens next in our life. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking about what self-care is and isn't, what effective self-care looks and feels like, why self-care plays such an important role in our lives, and some of the things that you can do every day to maintain or improve your mental health and well-being through self-care. Ah, self-care. It's a funny old thing. Pick up pretty much any magazine or watch any TV commercial and you'll inevitably be bombarded with messages just telling you, you know, just how much this particular new fragrance will change your life or why you should book that holiday to that all-inclusive resort in Bora Bora immediately if you don't want to explode from unhappiness. Or, I don't know, why you should take a break with that specific chocolate bar if you want to be happy. And look, those things are well and good, but they're not really going to change your life. Let's be honest, they're not particularly good examples of self-care. They're actually more indulgences than self-care. There's a lot of different perspectives around what self-care is, and the World Health Organization identifies self-care as being related to both you as an individual and the broader community. And it incorporates things like hygiene, nutrition, lifestyle, environmental factors, socioeconomic factors, if you want to get really detailed, and self-medication. I'll put a a link to the article from the World Health Organization on the website, and I'll post it on Facebook as well. So if you're interested in reading a little bit more, if like me, you like reading that sort of stuff, go for your life. Otherwise, that's just a bit of an introduction to one view around what self-care is. I view self-care as being when you take proactive steps to maintain and improve your overall health and well-being. And when I talk about health and well-being, I'm talking about a holistic view of health, your physical health, your mental health, and your spiritual health combined. Why? Because nothing exists in isolation, not even you. And if you focus on one element of your well-being over another, you'll have less chance of creating good long-term health and well-being because you're actually neglecting those other fundamental areas of your health, which of course matters because, well, you know, we're all in it for the long haul, right? On that note, let me clarify what self-care is not. It's not 
doing stuff or buying stuff today to treat yourself at the expense of your future happiness. It's not staying up until 3am drinking when you have to be at work at 8am. The concept of treat yourself is a nice concept, but it needs to be balanced with a little bit of personal, actually a lot, of personal responsibility so that you don't screw yourself over in the long run. You might think that going into debt now to get that expensive car is a great idea because you're treating yourself, but if you genuinely can't afford it, then you're actually going to be making life pretty difficult for yourself in the future. Trust me on this, I know firsthand. Before I had my nervous breakdown back in 2011, I racked up a massive amount of debt and it ended up making the next few years when I couldn't work a lot more challenging than they needed to be. I say all the time in my writing and on this podcast, do whatever you want as long as it doesn't do any harm. And when I say that, that means harm to yourself as well as to others. Which brings me to self-care that comes in the form of a wine bottle or drugs or any other kind of activity that can lead to addiction. Look, I'm not here to judge anybody, I'm not here to lecture anybody, and I firmly believe each to their own. You make your own choices. For me, I've been sober now for 16 months, and it's been the right choice for me because I just can't do moderation. I'm not one of those people. But what I do want to say is what you put into your body is your choice. When we're talking about physical, mental, and spiritual health, it'd be pretty poor of me to say, hey, go off and drink a bottle of wine, when we all know that, you know, look, let me just make the point. Alcohol is actually a poison, and then you just do with that information what you will. What I'm saying is don't come home from work and drink a bottle of wine or two in the name of self-care because that's not self-care. That's either an indulgence or an addiction, depending on how often you do it. So let's just be clear on that before we move forward. What I'm talking about is good self-care and some examples of good self-care could be meditation, mindfulness, healthy diet and exercise, spending time in nature, having a set routine for sleeping and waking and then sticking to it, taking time regularly for reflection, reading a book, etc, etc. In general, self-care is a big part of your mental health and well-being because it's all about making time to look after yourself and doing so in a thoughtful manner. If you choose to consciously do something for your overall well-being and you make a choice to do those types of things on a regular basis, you're not just investing in your health and well-being, but you're also sending a clear signal to yourself that reinforces just how important it is to treat yourself with kindness and care. And that can go a really long way to building your sense of self-worth as well as your self-confidence. Now, you'll notice that I've mentioned a few times physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. Why? Because they're all intertwined. There is no one component without the others. Self-care means caring for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Focus on all of it because nothing exists in complete isolation in this world. When I talk about spiritual health, that's whatever works for you. In other words, your spiritual beliefs. Now, that might be religion for some, it might be alternative spiritualities for others, or it might be your own set of beliefs that feel right to you. There's a difference between religion and spirituality. Whatever it is, it's up to you and you entirely to decide what feels right to you. Spirituality simply means an awareness of something bigger than yourself. And given that we live in a universe filled with unimaginable wonders, it shouldn't be too hard to find something that makes you just go, wow. 
if you really can't find anything, I challenge you to go outside on a clear night and look up at the sky. Even better if you're out in the country or somewhere away from a whole bunch of city lights. Look up at the sky and just look and then go from there. Like a lot of what I talk about in Let's Talk About Mental Health, I've spent a lot of time researching and learning about all of this stuff. And I know that I'm good at talking about it and coaching other people in it. But when it comes to myself, it depends. Sometimes it's I'm really good at it. And other times it's been an ongoing battle to get myself to a point where I'm able to push past my demons and do the things every day that are the right things for me. I already mentioned my choice to become sober last year and at the moment I'm resetting my physical health and fitness because I fell back into emotional eating while I was stressed out at work a few months ago and because of that I gained back a big chunk of the weight that I lost a couple of years ago. So much so that I was finding myself having to buy new clothes almost every month because I was just rapidly getting bigger and bigger. I mean, I knew full well that eating a family-sized bag of potato chips or a block of chocolate wasn't good for me, but I was just in that headspace that I was so miserable that I couldn't stop or I didn't want to stop. I don't know. It was one of the two. And then once I left my job, I found it almost impossible to change my behavior and I just continued eating my feelings for a while. Two weeks ago, though, I just got to a point that I decided enough was enough. Not only do I need to sort my health out again because I fell back into emotional eating, but to be really honest, I just don't think that it's right to be sitting here talking about mental health and well-being if I can't get my own shit together. And I can't sit here and talk about self-care with a cupcake in my hand. So it's out with the crappy food and in with positive self-care activities. All the stuff that I know is the right thing for me to do, but which I often let go of when my anxiety and mood swings overwhelm me. And that is actually a pretty good point to raise here because self-care is a choice. And for some of us, like me, it's a choice that we have to consciously make and remake every single day if we're going to be effective. You know, if you just make the choice once or twice and you just expect that that's it, you're all done and everything is going to be hunky-dory and fantastic, life doesn't work like that. Shit happens. So self-care is something that we need to actually decide to do every single day and we need to make it a priority. So I keep using the term self-care and what does it mean? The term self-care simply means anything that you do on purpose to look after your physical, mental and spiritual health and well-being. It's the on-purpose bit that we quite often overlook. Often we get so caught up in our day-to-day lives that we just forget to deliberately make time for our self-care. And then we either wind up doing something by accident or more likely because we've gotten so stressed out that we have to take some time out for ourselves before we explode. This is nothing new either. Don't think it's a 21st century thing. George MacDonald, the British poet and novelist who lived in the 19th century, once wrote, Work is not always required. There is such a thing as sacred idleness, the cultivation of which is now fearfully neglected. Which is basically just a Victorian way of saying that we all need to make time to relax and unwind. So it's not a new thing. Sometimes we act like it's a new thing, but we've always had situations where, you know, we're busy and we lose track of our need for self-care. Self-care means different things to different people. For some, the idea of going to a gallery or a museum might be incredibly relaxing, while to others, it could be their idea of hell on earth. It doesn't need to be extravagant. 
Sometimes just a relaxing cup of tea is exactly what you need. Like Madonna said in Like a Virgin back in the 80s, feels so good inside, although something tells me that she probably wasn't singing about a cup of chamomile. You know yourself better than anybody, so only you can tell you what feels right for you and what the goal of self-care should be and is for you. I believe the goal of good self-care is to centre yourself, to find a moment or two of calm in this hectic world so that you can keep going and be your best self. It's about taking care of your mind, body and spirit, both at home and at work, because the more calm you feel, the more effective you'll be. I talk a lot in my work about the goal of good mental health and well-being as being satisfaction, and that's what I'm talking about here. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't be happy as well, but in taking time to deliberately look after your well-being, you are more likely to feel calm, satisfied and carefree for longer than if you go out of your way to pursue a spike of happiness. Those longer-term feelings lead to longer-term happiness. Now, a big part of mental health and well-being and overall health and well-being is what you choose to put into your body, your mind and your spirit will have a big impact on how you feel. It's not rocket science to say that healthy food equals healthy body and at the same time, healthy thoughts equals healthy mind. When it comes to spirituality, it doesn't matter if you're religious, spiritual or not even remotely spiritual, but instead what I'm referring to is a healthy awareness of the fact that you are part of something bigger than just yourself. I've said before about the night sky, I always use this as a, an example, you only need to go outside at night and look up into the sky to realise just how enormous this universe is and that you are one piece of a very large puzzle. You're a very important piece, do not get me wrong, but you're not the only piece. So think and act like you're not the only piece. I really do believe that if we all stopped thinking that we're the most important thing in the known universe and we thought more about how our thoughts and our actions contribute to the bigger picture, then our world would be just such a different place. It is entirely possible and it starts with each of us choosing to think act and speak in a way that respects the fact that nothing and nobody exists in isolation and that everything that we think, say and do has an effect outside of ourselves. That's what I mean by health in terms of spirituality. Now, how that manifests for you, be it through organized religion or at-home new age spirituality or joining a cat cult, whatever it is, go for it and do what feels right for you. So when we think about self-care, self-care doesn't have to be over the top or extravagant. I like to take myself to a cafe to work over breakfast and a coffee two to three times a week. I put my headphones on, I do an hour of work and I'd probably get twice as much done as if I was working at home because at my home office, yes, I've got it set up, but I still have distractions at home. So when I'm sitting out in a cafe with my noise-cancelling headphones on, I actually end up having less distractions, even in spite of all of the people around me. And that itself has now turned into a nice little act of self-care that works for me. You just need to find the things that work for you and then do those. And mix it up. Don't just do the one thing over and over again and consider yourself all done on the self-care front. Instead, do lots of different things to keep it interesting and to reinforce the importance of looking after your mind, body and spirit. The more you do, the more engaged you'll feel, the more you will want to do as well. 
Go sit out in the sun and read a book for half an hour. Just please, remember to wear a hat and some sunblock. Go to bed early. Take a nap on a Sunday afternoon. Do some writing. Watch an inspiring nature documentary in 4K high definition. Snuggle up in a comfortable chair with a cup of tea and a magazine, or your ebook reader, whatever you want. Go out for a walk for half an hour and leave your phone at home, or if you do take it with you, put it on flight mode. Whatever you choose to do, make time for you. There's an anonymous quote that says, Start treating yourself as if you are the most important asset you'll ever have. After all, aren't you? And that makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It's probably kind of obvious, but if you don't make the time to look after you, who will do it for you? So let's get into some specifics about how you can actually incorporate more self-care into your life. First, ask yourself, what do you enjoy and what don't you enjoy doing? Sometimes it can be especially helpful to be very clear about what is a definite no for you so that you can then ensure you're focusing your energy on the things that feel right for you. Next, brainstorm ideas. Brainstorm lots of ideas. Think of all the things that you enjoy doing or want to do more of or want to try and write them down. Be specific. I mentioned before that self-care means different things to different people. So feel free to gather ideas from your friends, family, strangers on the internet, random podcast hosts, but only you can decide on what will be the right types of things for you. Factor those things into your list. Next, create a plan. Once you've got a whole bunch of ideas, it's time to create a plan. Now, plans work well because they give us structure, but you don't need to be so rigid and plan-focused that you take any spontaneity out of self-care. It doesn't need to be a case of, oh, look, it's 5pm, fun will now commence for 45 minutes. Take a look at your schedule and then plan out at least one block per day of a minimum 20 minutes where you will focus on self-care and stick to it regardless of what happens. Or if you really have to move it and it can't be avoided, then at least make sure that you find time for self-care elsewhere in your day without fail. This is about having time every single day that is allocated to you and having a rough idea of what you're going to be doing. Your flight attendant was completely correct. You need to put on your own oxygen mask first. So make sure that you have time every day for a little bit of self-care. And then the other part of creating the plan is have a rough idea of what types of things you might do so that you can be prepared. For example, have enough herbal tea in the pantry if that's what you're probably going to want to have at your self-care time. I'm talking about tea a lot today. I don't know why. Maybe it's a little bit because it's cold and overcast here today. So I must have tea on my mind. So I think I know what I'm doing when I'm done with this. Anyway, I digress. Also, the other point about having a rough idea of what types of things that you might do is so that you can be realistic about what will and won't work depending on when you can spare the time for self-care. For example, if when you get home from work and you're tired, it might not be the time that you're feeling up to going out for a run for an hour. I don't know, it might. Everyone's different and that's up to you. But if you know that you're the type of person who is exhausted when you get home from work, then plan something instead that's more in line with how you're likely to be feeling. The next part is to do it daily. So you have a list of ideas and you've created a plan. Fantastic. Great, now go ahead and do the damn thing. I don't think we need to overthink this part of it because it's pretty straightforward. The main thing is this, do something for your self-care every single day and make sure that you're clear in your own mind that you are deliberately doing whatever you're doing for the sake of your health and well-being. 
And then because I do like a nice step-by-step process, I've thrown in an extra special bonus step, which is evaluate, eliminate, extend. Got a bit carried away with the ease there, didn't I? Don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again without taking the time to assess if it's actually working for you. At least every few weeks, take a few moments to reflect on your self-care routine and evaluate what's working for you and what isn't working for you. If something isn't working, eliminate it. If something is working well, then extend it. In other words, do more of it or of that type of activity. And don't forget to try new things and keep yourself feeling fresh around your self-care because that helps you to avoid falling into a rut. Because when that happens, your self-care activities might end up being less effective if you feel like you're in a bit of a routine. It might seem challenging at first to make the time for self-care and stick to it, but it's in your best interests. And if you persevere, it'll become second nature in no time at all. Just remember that it takes a good couple of months before a repeated action turns into a habit. Trust me, it is not 21 days. Just ask anybody who's ever tried to quit smoking or or a habit like that. So keep going for at least three months. You might find it useful to share your plan with a friend, a family member, or your partner. And you could either ask them to join you, but with a plan that's tailored to them, not your plan. Because remember, everyone's needs and preferences are different. Or you might simply ask them to keep you honest by checking in daily, weekly, monthly to see how you're progressing. Do whatever works for you, but do it. You are worth it. So, to wrap up this week's episode about self-care, here are a few tips that I'd like to leave you with. Number one, self-care isn't about being indulgent or lazy. It's self-preservation. Nobody can run on empty, so make time to recharge those batteries on a regular basis. Number two, create a self-care plan that works for you. Identify stuff that you can do that has a positive impact on your mind, body and spirit, and then do it. And third and final, and I'm sorry that this might sound a little luxury, but choose self-care activities that are healthy. We all know that that glass of wine might make you feel extra relaxed, but it's not exactly good for you. Sorry to break it to you, but choose things that are healthy and are in your best interests. So I'm going to close out with a quote that I'd encourage you to reflect on. And I particularly like this quote by Etty Hillisom, which ties into this week's topic of self-care. The quote is, Sometimes the most important thing in a whole day is the rest we take between two deep breaths. Let me repeat that. Sometimes the most important thing in a whole day is the rest we take between two deep breaths. Alright, and that brings us to the end of this week's episode. To summarise... Self-care is all about making time to look after your health and well-being and doing so deliberately. You have a choice. It's up to you to choose to look after yourself and make yourself a priority. Just please make healthy choices so that we don't need to come back here and talk about consequences later on. If you're interested in learning more about self-care, I'll be posting extra content on social media throughout the week, so keep an eye out for that. Next week, I'll be talking about baggage what it is, why we can sometimes end up being weighed down by unresolved stuff in our past, and how to set it free, like a biodegradable balloon or a wayward insect trapped in your car. So I hope you can join me for that episode. In the meantime, follow Let's Talk About Mental Health on Instagram, Facebook and Pinterest at LTAMH Official. That's LTAMH Official. 
or you can find more information plus the written version of every podcast on the website, which is letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next week.